Hello everyone, and welcome to NTFWFC TC1 STURP Netflix's Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Chapter 1 Siege, the official recap podcast, a subsidiary of the Can We Talk About podcast. I give positions of power to people that my subordinates question. I am Joe. I guess I'm an Autobot now? I'm Kristen. Also, did you um, subtly <laughs> decide that we are the official podcast instead of the unofficial there? Did I say the official? That's what it sounded like to me. You were going so dang fast. Well, Kristen, we could be the official, but I mean, we are taking our sweet time getting it done, so I'm sure that there's 99 podcasts out there already that have done the entire series at this point while we are meandering our way to episode four this week. No one has offered to pay us yet. We're getting there. We're getting close. We'll see. We'll be the the talking dead of the trans. You do the content for free first, and they retroactively pay you, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's how it works. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Hasbro owes us a lot of money. Oh, God. Christy Marks personally owes us a lot of money. <laughs> we bought the gem Bible. Refund that. <laughs> Give me my money back. I think I paid for that. That's true. You did. Kristen, episode four is here this time, as you might expect, given we've done three so far. And going back to the naming structure thing I talked about in episode three, uh, it was more difficult this episode considering mm-hmm. when I was like, hey, we'll talk about Ultra Magnus being the traitor in episode two. And it, now it's there was a lot of traitor stuff with Jetfire in this episode. Yep, like, you did it too early. I, I went off a little too early on that one here. So jump in the gun, Cliff and jump in the gun. My thought process was, Kristen, why not the mentor for Alpha Trion or something? Let me tell you, I spent the entire lead up to us recording being like, the fuck was that guy's name <laughs> what was that guy's name and i didn't get it until i saw it in your notes just now so thanks for putting it early alpha try on there we go let's get right into the episode here Kristen, the mentor we start off with rain still happening and there are clouds over cybertron so <laughs> it's like they're negging me at this point i i'm not Kristen. i'm you were the one who brought it to my attention and now i'm the one who's just like yeah wait a minute <laughs> I can't help it, Joe. I'm nitpicky by nature. Ultra Magnus is being led by the Decepticons through the rain here. I thought he was going to get fucking executed or something. But as it turns out, Ultra Magnus has led the Decepticons to Tarnhauser Gate, that place that was name dropped in episode two, which apparently Kristen is basically Cybertron Gettysburg. Well, I, I got really distracted thinking, isn't Tarnhauser, Tarnhauser Gate, wasn't, didn't Roy Batty mention that place in his Tears in the Rain speech? <laughs> I've seen things you wouldn't believe. And it will all be lost to time, like tears in Cybertron rain. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Apparently, Ultra Magnus has led the Decepticons here because... uh, He's a dick. He's playing one last uh, little goof on Megatron before he gets murdered. uh, Because he says that the Autobot base, Autobot command, is beneath the memorial to Alpha Trion, which is on this battlefield, which, Kristen, it's no wonder that so many fucking Transformers died on this battlefield considering it's a big open space. <laughs> yeah, there's no waist-tight cover. Where are they supposed to do? <laughs> One of the things I liked, too, is uh, watching this and being like, okay, well, I'm not sure what Tarnhauser Gate is. I know I'm not familiar with this area. I hope they're not trying to tell me that this is also where the Ark is. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> to their credit, they were not. I was right to be like, I think this is not where the Autobots are. <laughs> right to be suspicious. So we have some uh, conflicting ideologies talk again and things like that. Uh, Alpha Trion sparked a revolution and you fucked it all up, Megatron. <laughs> Is what Megatron says. <laughs> <laughs> so Ultra Magnus says that 
Megatron didn't learn the right lessons from Alpha Trion's message, and then when the memorial opens up, Megatron goes, what? And yeah, There's still a cool uh, shimmery hologram door that he opens, even though there's not shit or fuck in there. <laughs> but I guess all of it was part of his gigantic ruse to just really, really nag Megatron one last time. That leads us to the intro here. Something else happens with... Jetfire is here, basically, or Jetfire is calling in all the secret divisions mm-hmm. or whatever, and apparently the news of Skywarp being dead has not reached Megatron yet, so this is... Starscream has it in his back pocket. Intro happens, we pick up right from where we left off. Inside of the memorial, as I believe you said, Kristen, is uh, fuck and shit, or jack and shit, or fuck and all, potentially. There is not fuck or shit. Thank you. I think is what I said. <laughs> Megatron realizes that he has been duped, that he had the wool pulled over his eyes, that uh, that uh, goofy trickster old... from the Robo Sheep. <laughs> Kristen, do androids dream of Electric Roy Batty? Do Transformers dream? <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything good, so I'll just leave Full that stop. where it was. Yeah, <laughs> do robots dream? And thankfully, Kristen, once Megatron realizes that the Roy Batty has been pulled over his eyes here, he just, there's a, there's a quick back and forth. I thought this was going to go on for minutes at a time of Ultra Magnus doing a big old speech before he gets shot. But no, they say one or two lines and then Megatron just murders Ultra Magnus right there. It's too bad because it's a pretty brutal shot where that happens because finally, finally, goddammit, someone is dying. <laughs> Which is a really sensitive take on what just happened. <laughs> but I I was just, and this is going to make me sound even worse. I was disappointed because he gets like, pow, through the chest, as Transformers do. Um, we all know that the most sensitive part of the Transformer is the chest. Yes, of course. Um, I was, at first I thought they got him right through the fucking face. I, it looked to me like, I mean, the fusion cannon was pointed basically at the neck that Ultra Magnus doesn't have, really. The ball joint where yeah. his head is on. And it, was, it looked more like when he got shot that it was, like, through the chest rather than having the bottom half of his face blown off. I really wanted it to just burn his dumb face right off. My favorite character, Ultra Magnus. So Jetfire lands here, shocked to see what just happened, and Megatron explains. Now, tell me if you heard this one before, Kristen. Whoa. He refused to give up the location of the Autobots, oh. and he betrayed me. He betray you? Everybody betray me. I'm fed up with this world. I mean, he he's right. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> um, also, Joe, here's another um, extremely delicate take I have. He gave Ultra Magnus so many chances. <laughs> <laughs> Megatron tried to be a nice guy. He kept him in prison. He only tortured him enough to break one of his shoulder pylons. It's amazing. You should be thankful you didn't die. I'm not saying he used, like, kid gloves and was an awesome host or anything. I'm saying that Jetfire shouldn't be so fucking shocked. <laughs> what do you mean you killed him? Wah, wah. He does a lot of that this episode. So Ultra Magnus gets uh, Matrix eyes here, despite being dead. And then it somehow <laughs> flies. I going to get up for, like, two seconds, and I was like, stay down. <laughs> it somehow flies into the Ultra Magnus memorial. Oh, this is now the Ultra Magnus Memorial, I guess, rather than the Alpha Triad Memorial. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, I mean, he if... did just die there, so that's very respectful <laughs> and prompt. Alpha Triad does not want to share his memorial with this goover. <laughs> Ew, get out of here. So all of the information that was in his eyes, all the Matrix energy, uh, fires out. and So what we see is some kind of weird glowy ghost comes out of him. 
Um, me not understanding any of this, that is what I saw happen. <laughs> I referred to it as information, which is basically what it ends up being. Yes, I think that was a, a far-reaching guess, <laughs> again, for the visual information we are given. We go back to Bumblebee here, finally after two episodes of basically nothing, finally saying a line for the first time since the first episode, where he's apparently just been dealing with some dimly colored impactors here. They're like, oh, Bumblebee, where'd you get all of this energy, Anne? And he goes, just lucky, I guess, which isn't a cool guy line at all. And we find out that um, they have uh, metal currency on Cybertron. (laughs) I guess they do. Weird. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he's uh, flipping a coin Mm -hmm. like he's Two-Face. What is that made out of? So all that energy, all those ghosts, Bumblebee gets possessed by a ghost here. This, I feel bad for Bumblebee. He really doesn't have any choice in this at all. No, it's real, like, chosen one bullshit that happens to Bumblebee in this episode. And he... Also interesting to go through that narrative and be like, okay, so... We're gonna talk about the Alpha Trion protocols and thing, but basically they just pick a worthy person. There's multiple worthy people. And when one of them dies, it goes to another worthy person for some reason. I don't know. Maybe Alpha Trion is just sick of the Autobots because he's like, <laughs> I'm going to go over to this guy. He's cool. And he's tiny. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck just happened? We cut to the arc here. Optimus seems to have fucking Obi-Wan sense of Alderaan exploding here because he's like, no. Ultra Magnus is dead. <laughs> that I kind of get because maybe like the Matrix knocks on his chest from the inside and is like, <laughs> hey, the other half of me is dead. Yeah, apparently if these are like a fucking two halves to the same coin or whatever. They're two halves to the same coin. Yep, that's it, Joe. Two halves to the same, two coins to the same coin here. I was going to say, uh, do you know um, those friendship bracelets they used to sell on Claire's that were shaped like a heart that broke? Uh, yes. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. They did something kind of like that there was a friendship ring for common rider build mm. where so there are two essentially two main characters there's two main common riders in common rider build and they spent basically the entire series together and they were the best of friends and totally not in love <laughs> not at all not joe at all. you will never know the pain of being a girl child which is what i was at, uh, at one point a girl child getting half of a best friend's charm and then later having that person ask for it back because they actually want to give it to someone else. Ooh, God. Uh, Kids are so cruel. Damn, dude. (laughs) That's fucking rough. Uh Uh-huh. It's funny now. Man, can you... Kristen, is what happened in this episode Ultra Magnus taking back the friend bracelet thing from Optimus because he didn't get the Alpha Trion protocols? Hmm... I'd still feel like, man, I, I know we're not going to actually go into it at all, but I want to know a little bit more about how they were like, we don't trust Optimus with the protocols. They just told him a big lie about splitting them so he wouldn't get his feelings hurt. <laughs> That's a, it, My analogy doesn't necessarily work because Optimus said that he does not want them because, he you know, you can't, we'll talk he, about. He says he doesn't want them. <laughs> but they didn't give them to him in the first place. So he's like, yeah, I didn't want it anyway. <laughs> Optimus name drops the Alpha Trion protocols here, and Alita goes, the what? And I go, the what? These feel like the sort of things that they should all know about. Because then it's like, their their whole military operation is like a fucking theocracy or something. That would kind of be like if Optimus went the Matrix of Leadership, and Alita went, what? Yeah, like, 
one of the things that explains why me and Ultra Magnus were the ones in charge as ordained by RoboGod. We don't learn what these are immediately, though, even though we've kind of been discussing what they are. We cut back to the Decepticons, and Soundwave releases Laserbeak to go chase after the energy, even though it's already long gone at this point. Yeah, I don't remember that bringing up anything, but it was nice seeing my dude Laserbeak. And Megatron orders Jetfire to go take the remains of Ultra Magnus to Shockwave, because apparently he could poke around in there and maybe figure out what the fuck was going on. I was wondering if that was just a, like, well, it's a waste to just leave this here. I guess give it a shockwave. He'll probably like it. He'll find something fun to do with it. But Kristen, who's here to interrupt the party but old Starscream? It's just me. Going, you may as well belay that order because this guy's not a Decepticon anymore. <laughs> he killed Skywarp, actually. Yeah, like, so um, they try to do a little bit of, like, you're supposed to be on the patrol. And Starscream's like, you killed Skywarp, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I have the retort to that. The one thing that you wouldn't want me to say. And there's a very quick exchange of like, oh, hey, um, Jetfire, is that true? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) Jetfire does not bother. He just goes, yes, when asked straight up if he killed Skywarp. And then when Megatron's like, why? I guess he does then attempt to explain that he is not down with genocide, which... Uh, you you would think sentiments like that would make me like Jetfire more or something, but I still could not give a shit. Also, we are way past that at this point, so nobody Seriously. cares. The Seekers are ordered to kill Jetfire, and then we get an extended sequence of Jetfire and the Seekers fighting each other. There's an aerial fight, and eventually Jetfire gets shot in the butt. His right or left butt, I can't remember which. And then he takes a little trash nap after he crashes. In the classic Transformers uh, fashion, Starscream's like, totally dead! Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later where... Mission complete! Megatron says, and you made sure he was dead! And it's, and none of them go, well, no, but... <laughs> the truth is no, but <laughs> he's definitely dead. We cut back to the arc here where Ratchet and Impactor are hanging out here. I thought this was back to the theater at first, but we are in the med bay and Red Alert is here. Yeah, apparently he is now getting taught by Demasta. And there's a bunch of dead and or dying Autobots everywhere, including like a hound who had almost all of his limbs blown off. Oh my god, it's just like Detroit Become Human. I don't know which one of these ones are dead, Kristen. <laughs> I think what we have learned is that there's almost no difference. Whoa, that <laughs> got that was way deeper than I thought it was going to be when I started <laughs> that sentence. They just get some parts chopped off and they're fine. You shoot them in the chest though, they're super dead. They, man, man. Skywarp is dead! He's dead. He got shot through the back of the wing, and it somehow hit him in the chest through that, and he died. Unless he's dead the same way that they were sure Impactor was dead. (laughs) Impactor got crushed by a building and lost his arm somehow. So yeah, maybe Starscream was just like, I'm just gonna put you down in uh, in my laundry pile over here, and we will deal with you later, but you're dead right now. Speaking of Impactor, he looks over the potentially dead and or dying Autobots here and he goes, I, the Megatron I knew would have never gone this far. And it's like, bruh, do you know what your army's all about, my man? Have you seen all the fascist imagery? Just curious. Oh, I didn't know. I was too busy murdering Autobots. (laughs) I guess when I was doing all that murdering, I didn't see the murdering that was happening. And um, unsurprisingly, Prowl is not very sympathetic. (laughs) Tell it to the wounded pal. (sighs) So Elita calls Ratchet and Impactor away here, and Ratchet here, he's just, he talks to Red Alert, and he calls him, kid, um, I don't know how much older Ratchet is supposed to be that, I don't know, age, look, all right, no, we're not going to get into Transformer age here. Nope, um, apparently there is some kind of mentoring <laughs> happening is the thing, so. He calls him kid, that's it. 
little weird that Red Alert wasn't already a little bit better at hospital things when he's a hospital car. <laughs> Technically, Kristen, Red Alert is a Lamborghini that is reserved for, uh, like, the chief of the fire department. I made an assumption. Also, gross. <laughs> I hate that. I believe it is... Well, he uses the same mold as Asswipe and Sunstreaker in oh. Generation 1. Yeah, so, I, I, and th- I made a big assumption there. And and they're both... So you can't just make him not a Lamborghini. So. His name is Red Alert. Yeah, and, and his... And he's a lamb... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that And they at put all. a police bar on it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Lamborghini with a police bar! Stop telling me these things. You're just upsetting me. So we cut back to Bumblebee here, who is standing up and he's just like, what in the name of Tryon? Wait a minute. How do I know that name? Ah, there's Matrix code everywhere. I'm going crazy with information. Yeah, he woke up in the gutter and then he got up and he was like, I feel bad. I appreciate the uh, the Ellen Green, the gutter yeah. that, you, that you did there. <laughs> You're welcome. That was for you. <laughs> We cut back to Optimus here. He's given some orders out. Mirage will lead a team to repair the space bridge. Because <laughs> he did such a good job with the plans last time. Ratchet also wants to, like, he throws his hands up and it's like, Hey, just so you know, never fixed a space bridge before. Don't know if this will work. And Optimus is like, I'm going to stop you right there. Platitude. Words of comfort that mean nothing. So they're sent off and Elita has a talk with Optimus that she has had probably every episode at this point, but this is the only time where it seems like it's starting to maybe go through to Optimus a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> I would like um, to see the script of the series, isolate all of Alita's lines, and see how many times she's like, Optimus! <laughs> you don't know about this. Once again, she's like, I don't know about this plan, dude. And Optimus's response to this Instead of something like, you are my military commander, please, if you have any ideas, I'd love to know, is, you don't trust me! Ow! And she's <laughs> saying, like, okay, so if we take the Allspark off the planet, what's going to happen? Like, to the people who are still here, how would, or we haven't even decided how we're going to get the Allspark and we're already working on how to transport it. I'm just really worried that this isn't going to work out. And he's like, ow! <laughs> and Optimus goes, don't worry about it. I'm going to go talk to the Guardians. Of the galaxy, and it'll be really cool. Gonna go see what um, Rocky Raccoon's up to. And we're gonna get Batista here, and it'll be great. Great. Optimus's logic being, the Guardians, the Guardian robots, these people that we're going to see a shadow of in the next scene. They're just big boys. They respect Alpha Trion. Ergo, they should respect Optimus. And that's all, (laughs) that's what his plan is. His uh, logic is faulty, but like, in the plot as well this time. So, (laughs) it's not that infuriating. Optimus does say thank you to Alita, so he understands her concern. You don't have to get all up in his grill because he's not respecting women because he said thank you. Alita, I am so glad that you brought this to my attention, and I'm so sorry that you're having this experience. Let me escalate that concern of yours (laughs) to the Guardians. And then he puts her on hold. By leaving. By leaving. We go to the Space Bridge team here. They are in the process of avoiding Seekers, and... Who apparently do like doing Sky Donuts because they killed Jetfire or whatever. <laughs> Woo! Impactor has actually been helpful in getting them around the patrols here, but there's a short amount of time that they have. Uh, 20 cycles. 20 minutes to fix a space bridge, which is not a long time at all. It sounds like 20 seconds. Asswipe is here on this team as well. He makes a snide comment about this, and 
Now Impactor has to deal with fucking Mirage. He's got to deal with Asswipe. But wait a minute. Mirage gets in the way of Asswipe and he's like, look, Asswipe, don't be an Asswipe. I can't help it. We're doing what we can here. And then Chromia and Asswipe are like, wait a minute. Did he just, did he just take the side of a Decepticon? Mirage is like, if we go into a plan thinking that there's no way we're going to survive it, well, we should probably just lay down and die right now. <laughs> he's saying, how about a little positivity here, guys? We cut back to Optimus. He is at a uh, Dark Souls pit area with a bunch of fucking fog and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, Guardians. Uh, Ultra Magnus is dead. I was hoping that the Alpha Trion protocols came here to one of you guys because getting to the biggest of the Transformers would be a lot more convenient and helpful than a little tiny yellow guy. This is like um, when Betty shouts into that vo- echoey void in Kung Pao. It is almost exactly the same scene, except the Guardians don't even go. Like, oh, geez, okay. They are silent. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's some um, tall gentlemen we can't see. I'm sorry, they're actually not silent. They're straightforward with Optimus when they go, <laughs> they're like, no. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. We don't care. And he's like, are you kidding me? And they're like, no, leave. But thanks for telling us Ultra Magnus is dead. Optimus does get angry at all of this, too. He is just like, guys, don't you understand what the fucking stakes are here? We do. We don't give a shit. <laughs> and then they disappear back into the shadows. And Optimus throws a little tantrum and goes, why are they called the Guardians if they're not guardianing the planet? And they waft some fart smell into his nose as a parting gift. Uh, the only other important actual thing that happens here is he's like, hey, did the Alpha Trion protocols come to you guys? And they're like, what? No. <laughs> Uh, Optimus then leaves with fart smell in his nose and he gives a very bitter, I'll protect the planet without you then, with blackjack and hookers. A single tear in his eye, a bunch of fart smell in his nose. Come back to the Space Bridge team here again. So, Asswipe is getting impatient that the Space Bridge work is not complete and yet he is, I believe, just sitting on his ass during all of this, like... Everyone else seems to be doing something. Almost all of the Space Bridge team, like Impactor and Ratchet are the only ones actually working on the Space Bridge and... Like, all Mirage is doing is watching Impactor. Chromia is, like, looking for the Decepticon through a sniper scope. And Asswipe is doing nothing, from what I could tell. No, well, he's complaining, so that is a job. Ah, perfect. Mirage does say, like, hey, can we kind of hurry this up a little bit? And Impactor's like, look, do you want to fucking get off your ass and help us out? And Mirage goes, hey, look, buddy, my job is to watch a you. So during uh, all of this petty arguing that is really helping the Space Bridge fixing go faster, uh, the Seekers uh, just kind of turn around, and Asswipe is like, oh, Jesus, it's his fault! (laughs) They immediately point the finger at Impactor when the Seekers show back up, but Impactor does push Ratchet out of the way, at least. Mm -hmm. And then Kristen Chromia manages to kill three Seekers, or shoot three Seekers, uh, with two bullets. Lee Harvey Oswald. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) In the in the Chrome Knoll, there was another gunman. Yep, that's exactly how it goes. So, Joe, we had a whole discussion last episode about whether or not Impactor was attempting to set them up, and I still don't know for sure. I'm definitely not certain, because we saw the thing with the comm last episode, which they kind of got away with, and I can understand as well Impactor respecting Ratchet mm-hmm. enough to push him out of the line of fire. Yeah. But that would not necessarily stop the Seekers from also murdering him when they hit the ground here, unless Impactor's like, no, 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 he can come to the Decepticons, actually. And not knowing that Ratchet's response would probably be, bullshit! 
<laughs> I will not do that, actually. So yeah, I'm inclined to think that they just did not do a great job showing us stuff last episode and Impactors being genuine. They're leaving it nebulous, Kristen. Ooh, what's going to happen? <laughs> so Mirage and Asswipe head out here to check on the Crash Seekers that Chromia shot to make sure that they are dead. I think Mirage tells Asswipe to go and Asswipe is like, shit, okay. <laughs> he really doesn't want to. Impactor and Ratchet get back to the space bridge here because if the Seekers don't report back, then there's going to be even more Seekers. Because there's a shitload of Seekers. So Kristen, here we are. We cut back to Megatron with Starscream's report and Megatron asks the all-important question of, and you're sure he's dead? I'm sure he looked like a big loser. I'm sure I shot the fuck out of him. How about that? He fell really hard, so... He's probably dead. So I guess this just completely iron will makes Megatron go, okay, I guess you can be the leader of the Seekers now that that um, position's open. And my favorite part of the episode, Kristen, when it's clear that Megatron is going to be ranking up Starscream here, you could see just like Soundwave and Shockwave kind of look at each other and are like, oh, fuck. (laughs) They're like, oh, Jesus, this isn't a great idea. I... Can't tell if, uh, you know, in an episode or two, we're going to get a, like, you idiot, Starscream, I never wanted to promote you. I just kind of wanted to do out of my fucking way for a little bit, and maybe that will lead up to, like, in the next series or whatever, them all being trapped on Earth together and Starscream just being so full of piss at Megatron. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they do go a little harder with this because we see, like, straight up at the end of this scene where Starscream's like, and now a new age of Decepticon air superiority. He's really happy. Soundwave uh, like literally face palms and goes most inferior. Like they didn't need that. All we needed was the little glance at one another to be like, oh shit, no. We really needed the cartoon to tell us directly that Starscream is a jackass who can't do shit. (laughs) His actions don't represent that enough. We cut to Wheeljack here who is hanging out with Alita. Uh, her role in all of this right now is getting the arc ready, and Wheeljack is like, okay, so I got a good way to jumpstart at this time. Sorta? Kinda? I got a, I got an idea of an idea, actually. <laughs> Those are some of his best ideas. They also need a bunch of unrefined energon for it. We don't get very far in this plot, as far as I remember. Yeah, Optimus returns here, and when Alita's like, hey, how'd it go with the Guardians? Optimus is like, I don't want to talk about it. It went bad. Optimus Kristen finally starts <laughs> doubting himself. Now that some men have told him he's doing a bad job, Optimus is ready to be like, ah, oh, shit. Have I gone down the wrong path to lead us to this? And Kristen, I read this more as Optimus is playing the pity card to his girlfriend as well. <laughs> I like both of those options. Either way, Elite is like, no, it's fine, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm the one that's supposed to doubt you. You're not supposed to doubt you. And Kristen Wheeljack here, he gives us some good information. Hey, baby, Teletran 1, almost up and running. Eh? Mm? So Bumblebee has gone feral. (laughs) And it was attempting, he successfully just rushes into the arc, Prowl and Hound are trying to, like, grab him to keep him away, and he's like, "Ah, I got a lot of shit in my head suddenly. I gotta talk to him. Um, so he wants to know about the Alpha Trion Protocols. A Bumblebee asks who Alpha Trion is, and Optimus is immediately like, Oh shit, you. It chose you. I'm not jealous. We cut, seemingly after an explanation here, Kristen, all Autobot history and knowledge has been transferred to Bumblebee here, to which Bumblebee's like, Okay, cool. You could have that. And Optimus goes, 
It, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, as much as I'd like it to. Yup, so this is where we hear just a little bit about how there are multiple people considered worthy and it just happened to choose him. You can get rid of them if you want, Bumblebee. You will have to die. So. <laughs> Let me get my gun. Yeah, if you want. Optimus is like, maybe since I'm closer this time, it'll give them to me. And Bumblebee wants to know, why was I chosen? And all Optimus can say is, oh, you gotta ask Alpha Try on that, and he's dead. So Bumblebee then <laughs> steps back, breathes in real deep, and he has himself a nice little mind vision. Goes on a desert vision quest, and he smokes so much ayahuasca. <laughs> and he sees Alpha Trion. If you drink ayahuasca, you don't smoke it. Maybe you can smoke it, too. Sorry. A, a peyote, potentially? Just some weed. Some good old-fashioned weed. Good old-fashioned Mary Jane! So... Madeline has just informed me you can smoke ayahuasca. <laughs> ah, good. Good to know. <laughs> Alpha Trion explains to Bumblebee here that... The Alpha Trion Protocols are a bunch of history and strategies designed to protect the Autobots in times of great need, which I guess would be this time. Weird that Ultra Magnus couldn't tap into this before this point, but whatever, we'll not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, was um, Alpha Trion like in his head being like, here, I have a great idea. And Ultra Magnus goes, no, I'm going to get myself captured instead. Oh, okay, fine, die then. We learn that the reason that the Autobots are good, actually, is because the Matrix of Leadership and the Alpha Trion Protocols are essentially, with both of them, that's what the leader of the Autobots should have, but because absolute power corrupts absolutely, they split it in half. Matrix of Leadership goes to one person, the Alpha Trion Protocols go to somebody else, two halves of a whole. I am starting to wonder now if Optimus does actually say, like, yeah, we decided to split them. <laughs> Alpha Trion decided it, probably. <laughs> Who can say, really? One of the other, I'm really stuck on this now, too. So, it's the history of the Autobots and blah, 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 blah. It makes it sound like that's a shitload of information. How long has this fucking war been going on? I believe millions of years. Really? Dang! M maybe not this version of the war, but classically, in Transformers history, it's millions of years. In my brain, I'm like, yeah, it's been like three years or so. There were Autobots before Megatron presumably got the Decepticons to rise up, so... I guess so. This is more lore stuff that we didn't super get into, really. Right, maybe there were more wars beforehand of just, like, between Transformers and etc. <laughs> so do the, the Alpha Trion Protocols have a little part way in the back that they try not to listen to that's like, just make them slaves again? <laughs> the like, appendix no. section. Yeah, no, mm -mm. we gotta get, just ignore that part. We gotta redact that. Um, we're not gonna do the slavery thing anymore. I gotta just check uh, footnote 25 here. Slavery is the option. Ooh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. God damn, no wonder Ultra Magnus couldn't get anything done. And the Alpha Trion Protocols, as well, like you said, they seek out the Autobot that wants the most peace, I guess? The Transformer that wants the most peace. Like, that's why wow. Bumblebee ended up chosen, because... What a big fucking kick to Optimus. When asked what he wants by Alpha Trion, Bumblebee says, peace. What he means is for everyone to leave me alone. Um, but peace is a more diplomatic way of putting it. Because you know what, Joe? I also want peace. I want no one to ever ring my fucking doorbell and try and talk to me. <laughs> Bumblebee missed the and quiet part there. Yeah. When Bumblebee asks, what am I supposed to do with all this information? Alpha Trion says, stand by Optimus. Through thick and thin. You're married to him now, basically. <laughs> yeah, he got put into an arranged marriage. <laughs> and Bumblebee's like, oh, okay. 
he accepts it pretty quickly, which is good for him, because otherwise I just imagine he would be, like, 100% miserable the entire time. I, I was going to say, with six episodes, we don't really have a lot of time at this point for Bumblebee to spend an episode being like, what the fuck, I don't like this. He has this little bit of panic, and then he's like, well, I talked to Alpha Trion, he seemed like a really cool dude, I guess I will help you out however I can. And, as it happens, I know where the Allspark is. Oh! And that's convenient, because Alina's like, oh, thank God, someone does. But we are cut off by that at this point, because the blue laser alert sounds here, mm-hmm. and the the perimeter has been breached, whatever. I guess then what we were talking about last episode, too, with I thought they were going straight to the space bridge, did not happen. So uh, Skyfire and... They just let Impactor into the arc, basically, is, is my big problem, I think. I have, like, legitimately zero understanding of people going from point a to point b (laughs) and like i understand it's a whole ass planet and a lot of it looks the same but i feel like i should have like at least an idea that like okay well maybe that seemed like it took too long did they stop and like walk their fucking dogs in between these two scenes that we just saw you know what would be nice Kristen? some establishing shots some establishing shots would be nice, especially since they went through all that trouble of explaining to us that uh, the place that Ratchet hangs out is a theater. So, like, that seems like <laughs> something you should be able to do an establishing shot of being like, oh, look, theater. I feel like... I know where the, we are. The only place we get establishing shots of is the Deceptodome. But, and that place is the most obvious because it's got all the fucking paintings of Megatron on the walls. <laughs> yeah, when we do interiors of that place, um, the chairs and the portraits tell us what we need to know. <laughs> the Ark and the place where Ratchet was arguably the same place maybe we'll start getting used to it we got two more episodes to go let's see either way they gotta go see who this intruder is here and Kristen, wouldn't you know it it's jetfire who did not explode and die who didn't get a bullet through the brain like starscream should have done here his hubris hoist by his own petard again etc etc there we go is it hubris if he's just a dumbass i think i feel like hubris and dumbass are very nearly interchangeable words sometimes. <laughs> Moe through helplessness. Hey, so <laughs> Kristen, Jetfire has uh, a, a big thing to say to end out this episode here that he is not They shot here. my butt! <laughs> They're like, what? And that's the end of the episode. They shot his butt. <laughs> they feel bad because they shot his butt. No, they take two fucking seconds because the Autobots never kill people on sight because they're stupid. Um... <laughs> And they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, I'm not here to fight you because, A, my butt is really hurt, so I can't fight anyway. I'm here to join you. (laughs) So that thing we thought was going to happen happened. Well, I mean, considering, like we said, Kristen, very first episode, we are very used to Jetfire as an Autobot, classically. Mm -hmm. Very rarely, if ever, has he been portrayed as a Decepticon. I mean, when I think of Jetfire, I mostly think about how fucking huge he is, and I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of that. (laughs) <laughs> he is definitely large compared to a lot of the other Transformers in this series. Not nearly as, as huge as he has gotten in the cartoon. <laughs> Very true. But uh, that was the end of episode four. And I think words to this one got a little bit of momentum going compared to the other episodes so far. Uh, I believe you had said to me after you watched it that it answered some questions, but you have a lot more questions now, actually. Yeah, um, which I guess there need to be some questions in order for things to keep moving along at all. They can't just tell us what's up and then expect us to pay attention for two more episodes. Again, I I think I like it. I'm pretty sure I like it. If the Alpha Trion Protocols had access to the location of the AllSpark, 
And Wait a minute, both, should Ultra Magnus know where that was? Yes, that's basically where I'm going. Now, to be fair, Ultra Magnus did not know. I mean, once Ultra Magnus knew about the plan, should he not have focused on escaping, potentially, rather than... I wonder than... if that's going to be more of the motivation of why he let himself get killed, like, on purpose. Because he was like, if, if they start going through my head, they're just going to find the AllSpark. Th- yeah, that's probably... A decent idea. It's almost like they should have gone through his head in the fucking first place, checked in his little computer brain, um, looked in the recycling bin to see what he's hiding in there. <laughs> looked in the folder that says not pornography. Yeah, Shockwave just had uh, way too much fun to lighten him up. All the electricity just del- blowing up his shoulder pylon. Mm-hmm, and that was pretty fun. Um, I don't miss Ultra Magnus. I do miss Skyward. <laughs> Skyward had maybe three lines in the series altogether. You just prefer... To have more Seekers around, I guess. Yes, because um, then if there are Seekers around, then I can look and be like, okay, thank God Thundercracker is still here. Maybe he'll live long enough to be a playwright <laughs> and get a dog. Maybe we will get there. <laughs> Now's the point in the evening where we'll list off all of the fun contact things or you can reach us. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at CWTAPod. You can follow me at Marina Kazam. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, even on YouTube. Leave a rating, give a review, do whatever you feel like. You can also drop us a line, cwtapod at gmail.com, where you can tell us all about what you do when you see a bunch of Matrix code and proper way to dispose of a traitor rather than just watching them crash. Give them to um, Shockwave to eat. And Kristen, that is episode four here. Next will obviously be episode five. If we're going to go from the mentor. I don't know. God, I hope it is episode five. Wouldn't it be a twist if it wasn't? Whoa. Next episode, episode 12. (gasps) Then they, now they have my interest. And so that will be all from here. Join us next time for the episode fifth installment of NTFW. F-C-T-C-M-1-S-T-U-S-U-R-P, I guess. I think I did all of it. I might have done it wrong. <laughs> officially or unofficially. Uh, anyway, the AllSpark is probably in the mail. And like a lot of high-octane energy on that they're going to need for the arc. And Red Alert has a lot of things that he needs to learn still. And, oh God, what else is there? There's so much in the mail. The post office isn't going to be happy, Kristen. No, especially during this time period. <laughs>